Hello, this is Sean Dixon, and I'm here with Brian Patterson and John Gonzalez. We are each returned mission presidents for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and this is the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast. We are here to help prepare you to become successful Preach My Gospel missionaries and lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. In each episode, we explore powerful concepts from every chapter in Preach My Gospel. We will talk to return missionaries and others about their experiences and insights. You can even use this podcast to get institute credit. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. We're excited to have you here for another episode of the podcast. We hope that you're all having a wonderful day. And we just pray that today the Spirit of the Lord can be with us to guide the things that we talk about and that it can sink into your hearts and hopefully motivate you to take that next step in your missionary preparation. We are thrilled today to be joined by our good friend, Karen Hepworth. <laughs> Insert cheers and everything right now. We love Karen. She is uh, she's a teacher here at the Utah Valley Institute of Religion, has been for the past 22 years. Is that right, Karen? And uh, is currently has an assignment to write curriculum for seminaries and institutes uh, designing institute courses. So she's very she's been very involved in teaching and, and writing curriculum for a long time. She's also uh, a wonderful missionary in her own right. Karen, tell us where you served your mission. I served in the Fort Lauderdale, Florida mission, and then I taught at the MTC for many years, and missionary work has never left my heart. Uh, any any of us that know you know that that is is totally the case. Can you give us a little more background? Anything else you want us to know about you before we we dive in? Well, everyone knows my claim to fame is being the sister in law to John Hepworth on the district. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go any- watch the district. This is great. The, the district is so good. Pop some popcorn on a Sunday afternoon and watch the district. Right. <laughs> So, Brian, how can someone access the district if, if they don't know where to find it? Just Google it. I mean, <laughs> honestly, you could probably just Google it. It's probably on Gospel Library as well under Mission Callings. And yeah, for those like of that, you that so. are new to that, there was a, uh, some filming of actual missionaries and missions, and they use these videos for training, and your brother-in-law was one of the stars of that. So that's, right. that's only one of your claims to fame, right? One of many. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're so glad to have you. One of the, as, as we were pondering what kinds of episodes that we wanted to have. One of the things that, that came to our mind, uh, Karen, was just your love of prophets. Um, we know that for missionaries, they actually represent the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. We've talked about in other episodes that they're actually extensions of the Quorum of the Twelve. They are the junior companions of the Quorum of the Twelve. And so, it's so critical that that missionaries have a love for prophets and that they really embrace prophetic priorities. And you're one, probably of, of all the people I know and have ever met, one that, that loves prophets just so obviously. And I just wanted to maybe launch in and ask you, where did you develop that love for prophets? Where, do, where does that come from? So that's a great question. I when you, we talked about this a week ago in the office, and I thought a lot of people know me as someone who's passionate about the prophets, but you're the first one that asked me really why. It's because I love the Father and the Son. I'm passionate about them, and I know 
how they feel about their holy prophets. I know that. So that's how I've come to love them is because of their connection to their holy prophet. So it's a love of the Father and the Son. Very seldomly do you see them work solo, scripturally, always in concert with their holy prophets. And we're going to dive into the scriptures here and take a look that that's, that's true. I think that's, I think that's so important in the world that we live in today. Um, sometimes I think people can get distracted and maybe separate God's prophets from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, almost as if it's two different things. But, but we know the focus of prophets is that they align themselves with the Godhead, right? That's right. And so there might just be a misunderstanding for some of what the role of prophets is. I think Elder Neil L. Anderson explained it best. A prophet does not stand between you and the Savior. Rather, he stands beside you and points the way to the Savior. Isn't that beautiful? That's the role of prophets. Picture this, missionaries. The prophet stands next to you, not above you, not ahead of you. He stands next to you and points the way to the Savior. I think that's a correct understanding of one of one of the roles. And John. I think that's in, important for missionaries to understand because in the many missions that I've visited and I have gone out with missionaries to observe their teaching, every once in a while, I'll hear well-meaning missionaries teach false doctrine as they try to explain to their listeners the role of the prophet. Mm-hmm. And I think what you've just described is, is excellent and important for them to understand their role and where they stand next to the prophet in relationship of taking us all to the Father and to the Son. Beautiful imagery, right? If we can have that in our minds. When I would come up against really difficult people to teach, which was frequently, I had this mind, I, I, I put this in my mind to help me. If we were invited in a home, we'd be sitting on the couch. I would picture the prophet Joseph Smith sitting in between me and my companion when I would teach the first vision. For whatever reason, that gave me a courage, a passion, and an ability, this persuasion to preach with greater power, just picturing him on the couch with my companion. I do that. So when I came across this beautiful quote from Elder Anderson, I went, yeah, that's a prophet sitting or standing next to me and pointing us to the Savior. Great imagery there. And we could say that there are many evidences that God loves his children, and prophets is one of the greatest evidences that he loves his children. He calls a prophet. He calls a, a man that, that knows him, loves him, and, has, and is filled with a desire to help Heavenly Father gather his children home. And, and so we ought to see that, that prophets are an evidence of God's love. We never want to get to the point where we'd see a prophet as a, as a distraction or somebody that's, that's distancing ourselves from God. I think that's one of the fears of those we teach is, well, why do I need a prophet? Well, a prophet is evidence that God loves you, that he's going to send a man that can help you come to know him better. So what's the blessing attached to this commandment? The Lord told us in Doctrine and Covenants 2026 
Not only those who believe after he came in the meridian of time in the flesh, but all those from the beginning, even as many were before he came, who believed in the words of the holy prophets, who spake as they were inspired by the gift of the Holy Ghost, who truly testified of him in all things, should have eternal life. So as we we listen to prophets, if we really understand that they are communicating with the Godhead, and that when they open their mouth, they're speaking the words of Christ, it helps us to really focus in on, okay, so what are the prophetic priorities? If, if we understand the, the priorities of prophets, we understand the priority that God has for us. Let's go back for just a moment. Let's look at a few scriptures to show how beautifully God works in concert with, with his prophets. Unless you're halfway out under oral surgery to get your wisdom teeth removed, you know, the rite of passage for missionaries, or you're driving, open up to Doctrine and Covenants section 1. Here is a beautiful evidence of this. So if you have your scriptures handy, let's go there. We found something like 14 times God uses the word my. This is unprecedented. 14 times. We found something like 13 times he says I, and about five times he says mine. So if this doesn't show the connection, um, it's pretty straightforward. He works very closely with his prophets. And the voice, uh, we'll just look at a couple verses here. Verse 4, And the voice of warning shall be unto all people by the mouth of my Highlight that, link that in your scriptures, whom I have chosen in these last days. Look at verse 5. I, the Lord, have commanded them. Verse 6. This is mine authority and the authority of my servants. See, he takes ownership there. And my preface, meaning he wrote this, he's the author of Doctrine and Covenants, section 1, which I have given them. Verse 17. My servant. It's his prophet. Look at verse 24. Behold, I am God and have spoken it. These commandments are of me and were given unto my servants. Jump down to verse 29. And after having received the record of the Nephites, even my servant Joseph Smith and grand finale, everyone's favorite, verse 38, What I, the Lord, have spoken, I have spoken, and I excuse not myself. And though the heavens and the earth shall pass away, my word shall not pass away, but shall all be fulfilled, whether by mine own voice or by the voice of my servants. It's the same. The scriptures beautifully demonstrate how closely God works through his prophets. That one's important because God wrote the preface to the book of commandments, and he is saying that. One o- there's many, many examples in the Doctrine and Covenants. One other that I really appreciate is Doctrine and Covenants, section 112, verse 15. Uh, Joseph Smith, as you know, is speaking to Thomas B. Marsh. This is Kirtland, Ohio, 1837. Exalt not yourself. Rebel not against my servant Joseph. For verily I say unto you, I am with him, and my hand shall be over him. And the keys which I have given unto him, and also to you, Lord, shall not be taken from him till I come, right? Uh, the day the church was organized in Fayette, New York, the Lord told those gathered that we should give heed to his word as if 
from mine own mouth, right? Doctrine and Covenants 21.5. You may know some of these. So on and on and on. There's one example I want you to pick up on from the book of Amos. Will you go to Amos 3.7? I'm going to read it as is. Brian John Sean, let's correct this. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Joseph Smith helped us to see this in a more important context. What do you see there that we can, we can correct? Looks like he added the word until. Surely the Lord God will do nothing until he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So what's the difference there, Brian? That's down in footnote A. What's the difference? To me, it makes it inevitable that he's going to work through prophets. Someone once rewrote this verse. Can I can I read yes. that change? The word surely is a beautiful word. Listen to this. Surely, doubtlessly, certainly, undoubtedly, definitely, evidently, explicitly, without doubt, beyond doubt or question, plainly, infallibly, most assuredly, decidedly, inevitably, indisputable, positively, unquestionably, without any doubt, admittedly, clearly, with assurance, beyond the shadow of a doubt, nothing else but precisely, conclusively, wow. distinctly, by all means, at any rate, was certainly, unerringly, unmistakable, in all events, undeniably, with confidence, as a matter of course, rain or shine, the Lord God will do nothing until he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets." Wow. That's a mouthful. <laughs> you can see why they went with the shorter version. Yes, John. Well, in, in today's vernacular, and I use the word but, it implies disregard everything I just said. And by changing the word to until, for me, it's a much deeper understanding of God's purposes and what he will do with his people on earth. That's perfect. I go back to your use of the word my or the Lord's use Mm -hmm. of the word my that suggests ownership, that that the Lord owns his prophets. He called them. Uh, He called them. Therefore, if they need editing, if they need correcting, it's his role to do it. It's not ours. That's not our role. They're my servants. They're my prophets. Uh, I own them, and they will do as I invite them to do. It's really good. Let's look at one more scripture. We need to go to the Great Restoration Scripture, the Book of Mormon. We haven't gone there yet. Let's go to Third Nephi. President Ezra Taft Benson, as you know, says this is a pattern for our day, right, for the events leading up to the second coming. So many verses here. We could read the whole chapter, but to be short, let's look at something in Third Nephi chapter 1, verse 13. Lift up your head and be of good cheer, for behold, the time is at hand, and on this night shall the sign be given, and on the morrow come I into the world to show unto the world that I will fulfill all that which I have caused to be spoken by the mouth of my holy prophets. And there's many examples of that. I just wanted to touch there again that the Savior is showing how closely he works through his prophets. Surely he does nothing until he reveals it unto his prophets. So um, President M. Russell Ballard at a mission president's conference, he said, recently I spoke 
at a mission president seminar and I counseled the leaders, keep your eyes, keep the eyes of your mission on the leaders of the church. We cannot lead you astray. As you teach your missionaries to focus their eyes on us, teach them to never follow those who think they know more about how to administer the affairs of the church than Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ do through the priesthood leaders who have the keys to preside. I've discovered in my ministry that those who become lost and confused are typically those who most often forget that when the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve speak with a united voice, it is the voice of the Lord for that time. Wow, that's great. And, and it's very appropriate in today's age when we have so many voices coming at us, when we have Google at our disposal. Mm-hmm. It, there is the tens- tendency for individuals then to hear the words of the prophets and try to evaluate or compare those to what all these other voices are saying. If I am firm in my commitment and my testimony that the prophet speaks on behalf of the Lord, then I can listen to him and then evaluate what everyone is saying against what the prophet is telling me to do. That's the filter. That's the filter. So if that's the case, Karen, um, if, if the prophets are speaking for the Lord, then we need to understand what those prophetic priorities are. If, if the prophet keeps saying something over and over again, we need to pick up on those signals. So as you've been listening to, to prophets, general conference, and their social media posts and all those other things, what have you noticed are some of their current prophetic priorities that we should be paying attention to? It's a great question, Sean. So one has come to the surface quickly, and since it surfaced, it's never left. Let's, let's listen to this together. What is one of the greatest prophetic priorities right now? And I'm not sure this one will ever be replaced. Just think of the excitement and urgency of it all. Every prophet commencing with Adam has seen our day. And every prophet has talked about our day when Israel would be gathered and the world would be prepared for the second coming of the Savior. Think of it. Of all the people who have ever lived on planet Earth, we are the ones who get to participate in this final great gathering event. How exciting is that? Our Heavenly Father has reserved many of His most noble spirits. Perhaps I might say, his finest team for this final phase. Those noble spirits, those finest players, those heroes are you. So did you catch your connection there? Father in heaven reserved you. Most noble spirits, finest team, finest players, and heroes. President Nelson said, you are among the best the Lord has ever sent to earth. You have the capacity to be smarter and wiser and have more impact on the world than any previous generation. So think about who you are, and before your head 
right? <laughs> Expanse with pride too much. With that comes a huge responsibility. But my question is, how did you get in that position to begin with? How did you get reserved to come down at this time to participate in this great work of the gathering of scattered Israel? So listen to what you potentially pled and promised to do. So it's not just who you are, it's the responsibility that we have to gather Israel. So, so listen again. What did you plead and what did you promise to do? You are the children whom God chose to be part of his battalion during this great climax in the long-standing battle between good and evil, between truth and error. I would not be surprised if, when the veil is lifted in the next life, we learn that you actually pled with our Heavenly Father to be reserved for now. I would not be surprised to learn that, pre-mortally, you love the Lord so much that you promised to defend His name and gospel during this world's tumultuous winding-up scenes. One thing is certain, you are of the house of Israel, and you have been sent here to help gather God's elect. That reminds me of, I was recently at a priesthood leadership conference, and Elder Bednar was teaching us, and when it came to the question of, should I serve a mission or should I engage in missionary work, he said, that's actually the wrong question. He said, if somebody's wrestling solely with that question, they don't understand their identity. And he said, the best thing you can do to help someone who's wrestling with, should I serve a mission or should I engage in the gathering of Israel, is to talk to them about their identity. Because if they understand their identity, then they know that that's just part of who they are. To gather Israel is something he said they promised to do eons ago. You know, And yeah. as we think about that identity, recently our prophet has really helped us understand our identity yeah. uh, as children of God as children of the covenant and as disciples of Jesus Christ. And I think that children of the covenant must play a role in, in what you're talking about, Karen, as far as uh, what our prophet's saying about who we were then and who we are now as children of that covenant. A covenant to do what? If, if we understand the Abrahamic covenant, you know, we focus on the blessings that the Lord promises us, but we tend to forget the promises we made to the Lord in order to receive those blessings. And from my seminary days long ago, I remember the three P's, prosperity, priesthood, and property. That's what I remember is promised to me. But over the years, I've completely forgotten my part in that covenant, and that was to be obedient and be involved in the gathering of Israel. So what is your identity? The prophet says, you are children of the covenant. What covenant? The covenant God made with Abraham when Abraham was promised that in thy seed all the kindreds of the earth shall be blessed. You are children of the promised day in the period of this world's history when the gospel will be broadly proclaimed across the entire planet. And you get to participate in that. Isn't that, again, something 
Um, every prophet has seen our day and has been looking, has been looking to this. Um, in a patriarchal blessing workshop that Brother Kid and I teach, we spend a lot of time talking about the tribes of Israel, how important it is that you know how you fit in, and the work that we covenanted to do, both pre-mortally, as you heard the prophets say, and again here, that that's why we're here. When we realize that we're children of the covenant, the prophet says, we know who we are and what God expects of us. What is the greatest work happening on the planet right now? And think, what is your role and God's expectation in all of this? Sent to earth at this precise time, the most crucial time in the history of the world, to help gather Israel. There is nothing happening on this earth right now that is more important than that. There is nothing of greater consequence, absolutely nothing. This gathering should mean everything to you. This is the mission for which you were sent to earth. How, how clear is that? Did you catch that? That <laughs> is the mission. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know where you're going, right, <laughs> on your mission, um, where you were called. But regardless, that is the mission you were sent to earth to achieve. That is your responsibility. So I want you to ponder, again, if you're not driving or something, you have something to write and record with. So what is your role in all of this? Right, so we, we've read a few scriptures, we've listened to the prophet, but so what is your role in all of this? What do you see you can do to help in the gathering of Israel, which is the greatest cause on the planet right now, which is the mission for which you were sent to earth, and you promised and pled to be here at this time so you can participate in that? So think about that for just a just a few seconds here. So one of the great things you can do today of many, if you have your patriarchal blessing, your patriarchal blessing indicates what the Lord expects and not only your potential, but the prophet says your patriarchal blessing reveals your linkage to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the seed of Abraham through whom you will bless all the nations of the earth. That identity merits your precious priority, which will bring you the blessings of heaven. So look how much assistance and help you have in knowing what your responsibilities are. Um, any thoughts you had as we pondered for a moment what our role is in all of this? Because it can seem a little overwhelming. I think sometimes we can think about our role in the context of a full-time mission. But this isn't about a full-time mission. This is about a covenant responsibility to help the Lord gather Israel. And so I should be thinking about that right now, not resting on the time that I was a mission president or a young full-time missionary. But what am I doing now to help gather Israel? How am I on, you know, with either side of the veil helping one of Heavenly Father's children come closer to him. I think of Elder Bednar. He once said, what's the best way to prepare for a full-time mission? Become a missionary now. And so as that little pause was there, when you asked us to think, I was, I was thinking about the, our young listeners and, and hoping that in this podcast, we're not causing you to think so much forward 
in your life about being gatherers that we're missing the idea that you can do those things today. Didn't the prophet say anytime you do anything to help anyone on either side of the veil, you're gathering Israel. So what can you do right right now? Maybe a I smile. love that, Sean. Maybe yeah, a, a smile, smile for someone. Was gathering Israel That's today. really good. Well, I currently serve as an elders quorum president and I'm during that moment of pondering, I'm thinking of all the families and the brethren over whom I work with and how I wish they could ponder this and understand this. So in every walk of their lives, their neighbors, my neighbor, how I respond to them, how I engage to invite them to come to Christ. Perhaps I'm a little bit better at my temple attendance Perhaps I'm a little bit better at my ministering responsibilities. Regardless, just a little bit better in inviting others and gathering others to come to Christ. I can't help but just feel an enthusiasm when I hear our prophet speak to to get involved, to get engaged. Um, If this really is the greatest work happening on the planet, I want to be a part of that. I want to jump in. Let's go. Um, you know, it, 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 there's a scripture in Jeremiah that I've grown to love that says in Jeremiah sixteen fourteen, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. That was a big deal when Moses gathered the children of Israel right out of Egypt. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all all the lands whither he had driven them. Uh, I, I think we're in that day. We're no longer talking of the day when, when God gathered Israel out of Egypt. We're talking about the day when God will gather all of his children home. And we speak of this as responsibility, but perhaps we ought to see it as what a great opportunity to be a part of that. Wow, that's beautiful. What a, what a privilege it is, right? So I don't know what the Holy Ghost spoke to you or what he will speak to you about what you can do. I'm just going to throw in one idea that could help, and I feel it's so important. Let's even memorize it. It's this incredible phrase. The prophet said our personal purity can make us powerful tools in the hands of God. Our repentance our purity will empower us to help in the gathering of Israel. That's something I do. So what's something I can do? Daily repentance. Daily repentance. So let's memorize a phrase here. Let's commit this to heart. Our repentance, our purity will empower us to help in the gathering of Israel. Let me see if these mission presidents still got it. Here we go. (laughs) Our repentance. Our purity will empower us to help in the gathering of Israel. Let's go again. Ready? Our repentance. Our purity. Will empower us to help in the gathering of Israel. Okay. Those in podcast land, <laughs> you, you say it. You got that? Say that phrase out loud. Now, you have that phrase. Go teach that to someone. Go teach that powerful phrase to a member of your family, friend, roommate. My last thought, do you feel, I hope you feel excited, motivated. I hope you feel the love of God. But if any of you out there feel any anxiety towards this, you're a little nervous, 
about our responsibility for all of us to gather Israel, not just in our mission as a formal assignment. Do you feel anxious? Sometimes you can feel overwhelmed. I do. So the last thought I have comes from something that I keep posted where I can see it each day from, again, our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson. You were taught in the spirit world to prepare you for anything and everything you would encounter during this latter part of these latter days, that teaching endures within you. And he ended that in an exclamation point. That's how he ended that. So comforting. You are prepared. You've got this. Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ stand by you. They're on your side, right? They'll be with you. I will go before you, right? Angels on your right and left to bear you up. You have this. If you ever feel anxious or feel that you can't do this, I testify that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ will help you. They'll be there with you. They qualify whom they call, and more than that, they will fill you with love. They will give you hope. It's their work. We're helping gather scattered Israel of Heavenly Father's children. We're helping them with their work. What a privilege it is. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast and that it helps you in your study of Preach My Gospel and preparing you for your mission. Please join us for our next episode. And if you feel this podcast might be helpful to others preparing to serve a mission, please invite them to join us on our journey through and discovery of Preach My Gospel. For more information on how to get Institute credit for this podcast and other offerings by the Utah Valley Institute of Religion, please visit utahvalleyinstitute.com. You may also find us on Instagram at Preach My Gospel Podcast. Feel free to send questions or comments to preachmygospelpodcast at gmail.com. The Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast is produced with the permission of the Utah Valley Institute of Religion. The hosts are expressing their personal views based on their own experiences, applying the principles of Preach My Gospel, and accept full responsibility for the content in these podcast episodes.